0: hi this is tony the host of the flicks x-ray podcast each week i am joined by guests
1: hello yo why hello there hello hey
0: hello hello and we have a round table discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones too we really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten maybe in the past and still lovable films if you want you can follow us on all the major platforms itunes google stitcher if you want to find out more you can
2: find us online at www.flixxray.com
0: And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to
2: reach out to us. Good night, Internet. Let's get ready to rumble to watch Ready to Rumble. Oh, God, we're really scraping the barrel for August. Well, we watched Ready to Rumble, so you know what that means. It's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. What do you want, boob? Purple sugar slush. Kingside.
0: That'll be a dollar twenty-six. Dollar twenty-five. That's all I got. That's just not good enough, now is it, you little boob? You little Jimmy the King fan boob? Oh, Jimmy King's a big fat loser. He's a sissy in tights. There's a lot of glare coming off that dome ears. Squirrel nuts. Tear me apart, Lisa!
1: Wait, Out of a building! Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo.
2: I love you!
0: That's all I needed to hear.
2: I'm so excited! I'm so <laughs> scared!
1: We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go,
2: there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kurland, and we are basically in a month where stuff is just released or spit out on video, and our film this week came out in April, but I'm pretty sure it came out in August, (laughs) and (laughs) and, uh, IMDb keeps telling me I'm wrong, um, but I remember seeing it in theaters in August, Uh, so we are watching Ready to Rumble, and my guest is a return guest, Ashley Lauren Rogers,
0: Yay. Thank you for having hey, me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I remember when we recorded Heathers, you were like, hey, well, we need to talk about Ready to Rumble. And I was just like, hey, I am always all about watching terrible wrestling media. So
2: I should have had you done no holds bar.
0: Oh, I mean, hey, I don't know if you've done that already. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to say that I we need to take a break after this one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not against it.
2: (laughs) That's I'm never watching No Holds Barred again. There was like a time when I was like seven to nine where all I wanted to do was watch Hulk Hogan (laughs) movies.
0: I mean, I I remember that period of time too. Um I didn't I don't think I've actually ever seen No Holds Bar, but I've watched a bunch of internet people, like a bunch of internet nerds, re- internet wrestling nerds talk about it. So is is that the one where he holds a dude up and he just goes, "What's that smell?" And the yeah. guy just goes, "Dookie." Oh god, yeah. Nope. <sighs> yep. <laughs> Dookie. Anyway,
2: so what did we watch?
0: I, oh man, I gotta tell you, so, ready to rumble, I had to start and stop this so many times, and I didn't think I was gonna, I usually have a big, like, I have a stomach for this kind of crap, um, but <laughs> I fell asleep twice on it, <laughs> And then like I just had to keep like, uh, oh my god, I'm gonna alright, I will download it on I on Amazon and just watch it on the train as I'm going to work. And I was just like, I felt bad watching it in public. Like like if you've ever watched a piece of media like Black Mirror or something that's like actually a good piece of media and you wanna keep watching it and you're engrossed, but you're in public and like suddenly there's a boob and suddenly there's like people making out and you're just like, I don't want people to think I'm watching a porn. <laughs> so you kinda like, like tilt the screen towards you so that you can sorta see what's going on, but it was just one of those situations where I just kind of felt like I don't want people to know I'm watching Ready to Rumble. So...
2: Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Ooh. <laughs> I um. Yep. I mean, I my brother-in-law came down uh, while I was watching it, and he's like, "What are you watching?" And I want to be like, "Oh, uh, I'm watching porn." Like, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, seriously. Like, you feel that kind of like it's a different shame, but it's the same type of feeling of shame where it's just like ooh, like i don't want people to think i'm watching this yeah it's like a jim
2: gaffigan bit when he talks about going to mcdonald's and people shaming him and he just goes oh oh well if you're in here what are you doing here i'm using the atm what are you doing he's like i'm picking up a prostitute (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) like like that's how i feel about ready to rumble it's the equivalent of like (laughs) Going a to McDonald's? McDonald's. Well, no, no. He he was actually <laughs> oh, okay. eating yeah, yeah. at McDonald's, is the joke. Yeah. So so no. watching Ready to Rumble uh, is is the equivalent uh, of eating at McDonald's.
0: Uh, now I'm curious, Scott. How much wrestling knowledge do you have? Okay, so this is uh, the weird thing. Okay,
2: eighties wrestling, plenty of knowledge. Like, because as a kid, I, I would watch it. Um, like so, like Andre the Giant, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper um you know <laughs> that that was my wheelhouse and then mm-hmm. early, two, uh, yeah, early 2000s late 90s like i stopped as soon as i got into like middle school i stopped watching wrestling but i know you're a big wrestler like you're a big wrestler
0: oh my god yeah so i i am in love with pro wrestling i will say that there was like a whole period of time that I stopped just because, A, it was hard to access it. Uh, you know, it was kind of like I was working a lot. I was doing a lot of things, and I just, like, lost track of it. And it just really, like, even though the Attitude Era was, like, the era that I loved wrestling and, like, so this whole thing, this movie came about near the end of the Attitude Era uh, for that usually gets talked about with WWE. But with uh, WCW, this was, like, the the last hurrah for WCW this movie, and it was, it's, for many people in the wrestling community, it's considered, like, the almost death rattle of the company. This is, like, the final, like, ugh, yep, alright, we're gonna make an attempt, we're gonna try and make this work, and oh, god. They actually, yeah.
2: (laughs) So what we normally do on the podcast, you're in a blockbuster video right now, you pick up the the video box for Ready to Rumble, what does... (laughs) give us a synopsis what what is the paragraph that they use on the back to get people to rent this movie to explain <laughs> this and then we'll get into it
0: so i looked at the description uh, already so i'm not going to i'm not going to let that flavor <laughs> what i have to I'm say i'm not going to let warner
2: brothers tent I... t- my view
0: <laughs> no <laughs> i will say the only thing i i have to say cuz i wrote it down because it just immediately told me everything i needed to know we're, we're just four words. Two nutty sewage workers. <laughs> and immediately it's just like, yep, I know exactly what tone this movie is going to have. Um, but
2: <laughs> Why is it always I, I sewage saying, workers? <laughs>
0: it's like, I mean, I can answer that from a wrestling perspective.
2: <laughs> well, no, but do you remember the <laughs> yeah. Emilio Estevez Charlie Sheen movie, Men at Work? They were sewage workers and they discover aliens like.
0: Wait, were they sewage workers or were they trash men? Both. Oh, I didn't realize that. Actually, I I kind of just like vaguely watched that.
2: So. Because they were supposed uh, to be disposing like toxic waste, and like then they uncover uh-huh. aliens. Like. Oh. Yeah, it's a I guess a bad I, I got to rewatch that one. No. Oh, okay. No, don't. Maybe I don't. I don't <laughs> no, <know>. you don't. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. <laughs>
0: But yeah, as far as how I would describe this, like, if I was trying to make up the marketing for this movie, uh, it would be two best friends who love wrestling go off and do a wrestle (laughs) and find out that their icons are not who they thought they were.
2: But they don't hold that against them. (laughs)
0: but they don't hold that against them, yeah. I actually, I really thought, just to uh, let me know if I'm jumping ahead too much, but, like, I really thought King was going to turn out to be, like, a horrible person. So did I, uh, so did I, yeah. Yeah, like, so I kind of applaud them for, like, at least keeping him as the sort of, like, Krusty the Clown trying to get back his mojo. Oh, th- this <laughs> this
2: movie could literally be Krusty Gets Cancelled.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this movie
2: is literally Krusty Gets Cancelled.
0: Like, the only reason I would recommend people watch this movie is because it would be actually from a structure point of view, from, like, a storytelling structure point of view, this is the perfect storm of, like, hey, here are a bunch of different stories. We don't know how to tell them all. Let's just keep it within the structure, beat by beat. There's nothing new. There's nothing fun. There's nothing interesting. And I guess there's wrestling.
2: Well, (laughs) do you know why I even saw this in the first place? Because I was way past my, my liking...
0: Please tell me because I didn't see this and I loved this stuff. Okay, so so
2: I saw this. uh, I saw this because I love um, Oliver Platt.
0: Uh Aha! Oliver Platt, by the way, was King, correct? Yes, he was uh, Jimmy King. Okay, Okay. yeah, I I
2: was, I was, (coughs) I was deep into the the
0: You, you were a platypus. Yes,
2: yes, I was a platypus.
0: Okay i'm assuming that's what his fans are called
2: uh Uh, plateaus what else
0: has he done because i recognized him and i was just like i decided not to imdb anyone because i was like all right scott is going to tell me the history of everybody in this if i ask so just go ahead like who is okay so
2: oliver platt um he's been in everything did you see chef
0: uh no but okay
2: i see the the keeper sutherland charlie sheen three musketeers
0: I saw the previews. Is he the larger one that used his like weight and knocked people over? Yep, was like the whole thing about him. Yep. Okay. He also played yep. Paul
2: Bunyan in uh, that uh, Pecos Bill Disney movie that they did with Patrick Swayze.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an Oliver Platt movie, but I've seen commercials for Oliver Platt movies. Okay. Uh, he go was on. <laughs> in Simon
2: Birch. He was in The Iced Harvest. <laughs> um, I saw him on Broadway in Guys and Dolls. <laughs>
0: See that would have been fun. Okay, I could see that working. All right, so I didn't. I also didn't IMDb this person's name, but immediately when I saw him, all I could think is, if this were made today, this would be that guy from the What We Do in the Shadows series, from uh, the IT crowd, from uh, oh, t- uh, yeah, uh, Darth uh, Merengue, not Darth Oh, uh, Matt um,
2: Berry. You're talking about Matt. Yeah,
0: Barry. yeah, Matt Berry. Like this would be a Matt Berry character.
2: There's somebody <laughs> at the door. There's somebody at the door. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yes. are, you, are you talking <laughs> Father <laughs> Are you talking about Joey Pants? Are you talking about Joe Pantoliano's character? Uh Titus um, Sinclair.
0: I'm talk no, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about uh, Jimmy King.
2: Oh, Jimmy King would be Oh yeah. I was thinking that yeah. who would play him today too. Matt Berry is a great choice. Um I I was thinking that they probably love to
0: watch him do this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they would probably, um, oh, God, I can't even think um, who they would get. Uh, I need a minute to think about this, because this is...
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. Like, I, I threw this at you. I was just saying, like, this is immediately, like, in my head, I saw his face, and I was just like, this is Matt Barry. Like, this is a Matt Barry <laughs>
2: Well, if they oh. want to go with, like, someone like that for, like, a TV actor, or, like, a small unknown British actor, Yeah. But if like this is a Hollywood movie that they're trying, I can see them going for like a John Favreau or Okay. Or uh like for the Stoner Crowd Seth Rogan.
0: Yeah, no, I see that. That yeah, that but, would actually work but I
2: the smart choice is Matt Berry. The smart choice yeah. is definitely Matt Berry.
0: So I, like, and, oh, man, there's so much about this movie. So there's a lot about this movie that, like, I'm, so I'm watching the entire thing, and as a wrestling fan, now, I'm not a wrestler, and there's a a term that they use for people like me called a smart mark, or a smark, and the idea being that, like, all right, there are certain terms in wrestling that we have heard and we tend to use, but odds are good because we're not in the work, we're not in the the craft, Uh, we're using them either wrong, we're using them incorrectly, or they're outdated, Um, but... In my opinion, as a smark, like they're, oh my god, you could tell, you could so tell the difference between Oliver Platt and his stunt double when they're they're in the the ring. ring. Oh, you mean
2: because because Oliver Platt is a short fat man, and his his stunt double is like like a chiseled giant guy wearing a fat suit. Because that's what No,
0: that wasn't where I was going, but yes, now that you've pointed it out, it's absolutely a thing that I had to kind of get past. All I could think um, of
2: is in uh, I'm Gonna Get You Suckas, when they have the two women fighting and it's just two giant guys in, in, uh, in, in wigs fighting each other, <laughs> <laughs> because it was the 80s, because they... It- <laughs> Because they had uh, this giant scaffolding and these two these two women, they're supposed to be fighting. But the backstory is they couldn't get the rights to to have them um, get stunt doubles, their stunt doubles to do it. So they actually got Keenan Ivory Wayans and uh, his crew to just put on wigs to fight because they were trans stunt doubles. Really? It's weird, right? Oh, yeah. They were trying. So, to, and I they were trying to I keep just their lo- wives safe. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> I, so I just looked it up because I was trying to figure out, like, okay, because I remember hearing Canyon in the beginning of the movie. Uh, K- Chris Canyon was a wrestler, uh, out like, out-LGBTQ wrestler, um, who unfortunately died uh, l- much later, obviously, of uh, suicide. Um, but he was Oliver Platt's stunt double uh, in this, and... That makes perfect sense because he was actually like very good at his craft. He knew what he was doing. He never necessarily like got to the heights of people uh, of other folks, but like at the same time, no, he actually he makes sense as Oliver Oliver Platt's stunt double. Um, but it also makes sense that he was like a good head taller than Oliver Platt. <laughs>
2: like, well, no, who actually did like the hiring of of the wrestlers?
0: Was it because I know it was in conjunction it was made in conjunction with WCW so I don't know was it WCW or
2: no it was the lead of the movie David Arquette really David Arquette is executive producer of this movie He got like final say over everything because David Arquette was at the height of his Arquetteness like see this movie is weird because I have no idea this movie came out in 2000. Mm. And I thought it came out in like 2002, 2003. I thought it came out in that weird time period, like after 9 11, when they were just green lighting like any movie to make people happy. I thought this came out in that time period. I didn't know it was that weird time period when everyone was on acid.
0: Well, I can tell you, like, particularly for this, like I say, WCW was desperately trying to beat WWE. Like, they had had a stranglehold over the wrestling industry. Um, for quite some time. Like, they premiered on TNT, and suddenly they were everywhere. The NWO was the cool group. And then... Raw started embracing this idea of like the Attitude Era, this idea of being like non-PG, and just pushing the envelope, and creating Stone Cold Steve Austin. And once that was happening, and the NWO was floundering, they were trying to figure out what to do with their storylines. They didn't know what to do, and so they wanted to be something else. And so one of the things that they did was they tried to help throw around their money, and they helped create this movie. They worked in tandem with a lot of the other producers. that's why all the guys are WCW guys, that's why the WCW logo is everywhere. It's because they were like at a highly essentially at a highly discounted rate working with the production staff so that they could make this a WCW product. Um even though it wasn't a like WCW film so to speak. And
2: who <laughs> was was Joe Pantoliano supposed to be Vince McMahon?
0: He he is now is he the one that played? Uh, which one is he? Cipher the... from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically the, in this movie, though, he was um, he was the Booker guy. The, the what's Titus his name? Sinclair. The evil. Sinclair. Yeah, he was actually, from what I understand, and again, this is all rumors. This is all stuff that, as a smark, uh, could be completely incorrect. But at the same time, like the the popular rumor is that this was supposed to be Eric Bischoff. This was supposed to be the guy in charge of the, the NWO, the guy that was actually uh, off-camera running WCW, and he quit a little bit before they started filming, so they replaced him with him. And there are a lot of digs at WWF slash WWE in this, because they obviously like were constantly bickering with one another. Wait, there's uh, digs but...
2: at the World Wildlife Federation?
0: yeah the pandas they yeah when when wrestlers lose to pandas
2: well that should be the case right
0: i mean yeah like honestly a panda will kick your ass i think like a panda pandas are adorable but they will rip you to shreds um they are a bear there's a reason
2: i feel like this movie is so bipolar um yes because like when the movie opens up scott con does like this amazing like drama monologue that belonged in like like Darren Aronofsky's the wrestler like about the history of wrestling and then comes David Arquette with his you know daydreams of Macho Man Randy Savage fighting Amit Zappa <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: and I got to say from like a from like a set dressing perspective that was great like creating I wish that happened more I wish that his sort of delusion just happened more often. Like he was constantly just like a normal dude who was having issues with people in his life and he was solving them by having this delusion where he's starting a wrestling match and it's just, I it didn't pay off. This movie uh, is but,
2: edging yeah. the movie. It like gives you a little bit and like yeah. right when you're about to get your rocks off, it just pulls it away. <laughs>
0: And just, just to throw this out, like, so I don't know if you watched, if you just quit immediately once the movie was done, or if you watched the beginnings of the, the, the uh, credits. I got five minutes uh, into the bloopers. For... I
2: mean, five seconds into the okay. bloopers.
0: Yeah. So there's a blooper where Oliver Platt flat out punches Randy Savage in the face, and you could tell he feels terrible, but, like, that's a thing that Randy didn't just, like, immediately go after Platt, because wrestlers of that era as much as it's like oh you know like ha oh, ha ha it's vague it's like no like a wrestler will kick your fucking ass because they need to prove that because they are constantly in this this uh state of like people thinking that it's fake and people trying to like test them so they like the fact that Randy Savage is just a pro there's a reason he's been in a bunch of movies as well after this and it's because he's just like a pro and he understood this was like well you didn't mean to do that did you brother, brother. like, <laughs> like uh, yeah <laughs> Actually, the fact that they'd never said brother in this, there were like one or two moments where they said brother, but like really the fact that brother wasn't the main thing was fascinating to me, and it was baby, and I think it was just because they were trying to pay homage. King, to me, is the American Dream Dusty Rose. That's what they were trying to go for. Like, they they obviously, like, his aesthetic was Jerry the King Lawler, but he was the was American thinking, Dream Dusty Rose.
2: I was thinking Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, like,
0: because they were doing the whole, like, uh, okay. I'm jumping around a lot. That's fine. It's no problem. And this, this, this episode's for you. This episode's for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Huh? Yeah. So he, like, I really think like the way that he talks, the fact that he's just sort of like, as much as his character is this like King, he's over the top, but at the same time, like he is just a normal dude. All of this said to me, they were trying to pay some homage to the American dream, dusty roads. Um, who was a major part of WCW, who was a major part of building their talent and building their ranks and building a lot of things behind the scenes. So that makes sense. It it just, yeah, like, so for me, it, it was very much like the, like, okay, we're trying to create Jerry the King Lawler. But as a person, Jerry the King Lawler is fine, but he's just sort of like, yeah, he's built up. He's like a Memphis guy. Whereas... The American Dream, Dusty Roads, is a lot more just like he's the son of a plumber. He's a normal person. He's a human, and people can connect with just a human so well. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. The only thing people really remember Jerry the King Lauer for is Andy Kaufman. Like,
0: yeah, like, or or being that like horny dude who talked about women's breasts as if they are puppies. Oh um, God. But, Oh yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? That I was think a we thing. all did. <laughs> I didn't. I remember.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so yeah. one question I had in the the mm. Macho Man Randy Savage dream sequence mm-hmm. was that supposed to be Miss Elizabeth in the cor- so no so <laughs> I'm
0: trying to well Miss Elizabeth is a fascinating figure as far as looking at WCW, because she did come over eventually. Like, she was the main thing. Like, it was obviously, like, you remember, everybody remembers, like, even people that don't like wrestling, many of them know this idea of, like, Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage being this couple and being in love and this whole dynamic between the two of them. And for the most part, up until Macho Man left, WWE, he actually was not with Miss Elizabeth. He was feuding with her and uh, he took on Sensational Sherry as a, uh, a person who like as um, the manager. Uh, and then as like on his last match, essentially, she ran out, she helped him win and she gave him a hug and then they both left the company. Um, and she joined the, the NWO, she showed up, but really she wasn't used on WW or WCW very often. Um, she was kind of there, but not nearly as much as she was used in WWE. Um, and so I think that they just gave him some arm candy, but I, again, I was paying attention, but at the same time I was like, ah, okay. Uh, so I got to double check exactly who that was, but it definitely was not Miss Elizabeth.
2: Okay. Because I, yeah, I, don't I
0: don't know, know if f- it was someone else from the back, because they also did not have a really strong women's roster at the time either. So it might have been a Nitro girl, it might have been something, but it definitely was not Miss Elizabeth.
2: <laughs> Speaking of Nitro girls, um, I did not like the one thing that I didn't like is the cliche of turning Rose McGowan into like the femme fatale. Like, yeah, I would have preferred for her to be like more like she was in uh, Planet Terror or grindhouse, like as a cherry mm. darling where she's, you know, she's a lovable, you know, sweetheart, but she does, you know, not great things. Um mm. I, I thought that was too cliche to have her be like working for Joey Pants and the fact that we're supposed to believe that she would be, you know answering to Joey pants. Usually Rose McGowan in the movie is the the woman who is running the show. So it's a belief, yeah. e- even at this time, even at this time, because like jawbreakers had already come out and she was already on charmed. So like, I didn't buy that for a second.
0: Well, I got to say, I thought the movie was telling us initially that um, David Arquette was going to end up with quirky wrestling, liking girl, from uh, from his hometown at the, uh, the, the drive-thru. Who ends and up with that, Scott Kahn. Yeah, who ends up with Scott Kahn. And I thought Scott Kahn was going to end up with the sort of stuck-up girl who didn't like him because, you know, movies. Um, and I say stuck-up because that's how they portrayed her, not necessarily because that's actually how the character is. Um, but at the same time, it was just like, oh, oh, they're going in this direction?
2: i th- Okay. okay. Or they, they could have also done, like, uh, Scott Kahn or David Arquette ends up with the girl who, Kitty, who randomly shows up and just takes her clothes up. She's a playboy. Yeah, she was I a mean, that felt very wrestling. Yeah, well, I looked <laughs> yeah, it up. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, is she an actress? And then I looked up, like, her IMDb, and everything is, like, playboy this and playboy that. So I'm guessing she's a playboy playmate.
0: Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Um just because of where they were, like, well, at the time, so here's the thing, because I'm, I'm mostly, so talking about wrestling, I mostly got back into watching wrestling because of the NXT women's division, uh, back with, uh, when it was Paige, back when, uh, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch were just coming up in NXT, And so for me, it was like, that's what drew me back into watching pro wrestling. And now everything else, I'm just, uh, I'm as obsessed as I was in high school. But (laughs) it was, oh man. Uh, But with that being said, the the women's divisions were very bad. It was literally just higher models. Um, The fact that they had the Nitro Girls, because the Nitro Girls exist as a Eric Bischoff saying like, hey, You know, football teams have cheerleaders. Why don't we have cheerleaders? And so they got cheerleaders. And you know what? Yeah, give people who are professional dancers a platform is great. But at the same time, it's definitely, as you could tell from the extended scene of David Arquette and Scott Kahn, is it?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Scott Kahn just ogling them. And ergo, excuse for footage of us ogling them. It just, like, yeah, the whole point was just, like, a sexualization of the, of these Nitro girls. Um, but it also gave them, in TV time, like, for actual WCW, it gave them something that the live crowd could watch while they went to commercial.
2: Okay, David Arquette was definitely ogling them. Scott mm-hmm. Kahn, I feel like he didn't know where his eye level was, where he was... <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like. I feel like Scott Com was in like a different movie. Like they told him this was gonna be like a drama, not a comedy, and he plays it so like serious. And David Arquette is a wacky David Arquette. I'm Dewey from Scream, and like I'm I'm the lovable goofball. I'm Shaggy from Scooby Doo, even though that's Matthew Lillard. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like. It's like,
0: it should have been me! I'm David Arquette! Let me be Shaggy! Well, he was originally
2: cast. uh,
0: Was he? I didn't realize that! When James Gunn was
2: going to direct it, and he wanted to do an R-rated Scooby-Doo, it was going to be David Arquette. I can see that. And uh, Courtney Cox as uh, Velma. (laughs) I can see all of that. Scott Kahn is in a different movie. He is completely in a different movie here.
0: Like, that's the thing. I actually really... There's only so much you can do with the script that you're given, and the script is terrible. Like, the script is god-awful. Yeah. The, the structure-, structure is there. The structure is absolutely there, and that's what I, I really, like, I'm impressed by, because I was watching it, I'm like, I'm okay, they're hitting this beat, they're hitting this beat, they're hitting this beat. They understand story structure. They don't understand... And I say that as a, like, it is not a good movie, in that, like, oh, okay, I could follow it. Like, there are a lot of weird left turns, partially because wrestling. Um, <laughs> but... Like the beginning, middle, end. Oh, okay. This is supposed to feed into this. This is supposed to. Oh, yep. Okay, they're going back to this person because of that. All right. Yep. Great. Like the story structure is there. It's just not a good movie.
2: <laughs> I mean, like when when Oliver Platt loses his crown to uh, who is it? Diamond Dallas Page. Is that
0: Diamond Dallas Page? Good old DDP. Mm-hmm. Why is DDP a heel? Sorry, okay.
2: Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm thinking, isn't he a good guy? <laughs> like...
0: He's like the... So, like, he is like the, the baby face. He is the guy that started getting wins over the NWO. He is, like, the only time they... So, before he got big, he was a heel. And he was great as this sort of, like, 80s glam rock. I'm Diamond Dallas Page. Ah! Heh, heh. He looks like uh, Brock Samson. He, he does! Actually, yeah, he does kind of look like Brock Samson. He's <laughs> even got, that, like, I, the curly I, hair. And the other guy on
2: yeah. his squad definitely looks like Brock Samson.
0: Also, as a, a wrestling fan, I was very angry at the closed captioning on Amazon. <laughs> as weird as this note is. Because his catchphrase is bang. He puts up his hands in a diamond shape. He go, puts them up in the air. Bang! closed captioning bam it's just like
2: that yeah, should have rented it on voodoo i got bam i should v-
0: have rented it on voodoo it was an extra dollar <laughs> it's like it was 3.99 it was 2.99 on amazon no they messed like, ah, they, they
2: messed up on voodoo they messed up on voodoo what the, the what? standard def was 3.99 the hd was 2.99 they they made a mistake
0: oh, interesting okay okay I, I just clicked on whatever yeah, it was 2.99 I was going to say, I did not need this in HD, so You couldn't even (laughs) tell.
2: You couldn't even tell. Oh, man. I bet.
0: (sighs) See, why is DDP a heel? All right, so for those that don't know, heel means bad guy. Face means good guy. The idea being that, like, okay, it's hard to necessarily say good guy, bad guy, because, A, you don't necessarily want to talk about that in public, because if you talk, like, the old school reason is, if you talked about that in public, you were admitting that the business was rigged, but the real thing now is very much like, hey, there are a lot of people in between, so you can act like a heel but not necessarily be a bad guy. And you can act like a face and not necessarily be a good guy.
2: Didn't The Rock do that?
0: <sighs> oh, yeah. No, The Rock The Rock and Stone Cold were, like, absolute tweeners. Uh, Stone Cold was doing terrible... Like, the thing is, like, there was this whole moment where Stone Cold Steve Austin gave the stunner to Santa Claus. And everybody remembers that, and everybody sees that, and it's like, how did we root for this guy? It was just like, well, he gave the stunner to Santa Claus, because he wouldn't talk to children, because he wanted to talk to Sable, the busty, blonde woman. It's like, he refused to talk to the children, he just wanted to talk to Sable. It was just like, yeah, that's why Steve Austin gave him the Stone Cold Stunner, so yeah, he's, like, doing an evil thing, but, like,
2: uh, it's for a good reason. (laughs) Okay, so... Diamond Dallas Page is is the, yes. the heel in this. Um, which like I didn't expect them to to make um an actual professional wrestler. That's what I like. They they made an actual professional wrestler the bad guy or like a main character where normally they would give that role to like someone famous, like uh mm-hmm. at this time probably it would have been Craig Bierko or or Craig Bierko, <laughs> like like
0: Well, and and even then, like, all of the other people that were portrayed as wrestlers, with the exception of Jimmy King, and I know you really want to talk about him, I can't remember his name, but the the trainer guy, um, yeah, Martin Landau, with the exception of those two, everyone else is a WCW wrestler that was on the roster.
2: Including David Arquette, apparently.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's, I, the whole reason I wanted to do this movie is so that we could talk about this, but I didn't necessarily want to jump into it. I want to talk about David Arquette as a wrestler. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, all of them were wrestlers uh, Psycho Sid, actually uh, Or Sid Justice, Sid Vicious I forget what they called him in this, Sid Vicious, I think uh, He is going to appear on Raw Reunion on Raw Monday night, I don't know if you watch it, great uh, But like, he He's a real wrestler, Perry Saturn Saturn was a real wrestler, Disco Inferno, surprisingly, was a real wrestler Was there
2: a real wrestler really named Booker T?
0: <laughs> yes Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was a part of Harlem Heat. Uh, Eventually, eventually, he became King Booker. um, Once he won King of the Ring, he is—he's actually really good. There's a really—if you want to watch just like something great that involves Booker T, watch him and Steve Austin having a brawl in a grocery store. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it's like—he's like, like, yeah.
2: (laughs) Is it a real grocery store?
0: Yes, they did it at a real grocery store. I guarantee you, they got clearance. I guarantee you, they did it ahead of time. But yeah, like Steve Austin is just like literally, he sneaks up behind Booker T and starts beating the crap out of him. Booker T is just constantly going like, ah, it's my day off, or like I forget what he's saying. But it's like, no, come on, I'm just, it's just like I'm just trying to shop for groceries. My wife really
2: wants me to pick up some cereal. <laughs> all That's I want to do.
0: Steve Austin like dumps I think it was was it milk it's been a very long time so I apologize if there are wrestling fans that listen to your podcast and are just like I remember all of it and it wasn't milk it was eggs but like he just started like dumping milk on him <laughs> I don't
2: I don't think well, I have a huge fan base of wrestling fans and if I do when they found out that I really am not a wrestling fan they probably unsubscribe <laughs> oh, you lied yeah. to me
0: it's like I expected wrestling based content from this for some reason. Wrestling and bagels go together. Why don't you know that?
2: Guys, my favorite my favorite wrestler is, you know, Frankie Stakino's dad from Boy Meets World. Whatever the hell he was called. <laughs> Vader. His name
0: was Vader. Oh, Vader. <laughs> yeah. He actually he just passed away about a year He was a, a real year, wrestler, you know, right? Yeah, he was a real wrestler. He was he was legit, too. Like so there are a couple of people that And this is why I also have, like, some very big issues that I'll talk about in a sec, but, like, there are a lot of people that we saw in this movie that if you were going against what was supposed to happen, if you were trying to sort of, they, and again, this is me smarking, but if you go into business for yourself, so if you're doing your own thing, if you're making the other person look bad, if you're trying to say, like, I'm strong and you're weak, they will kick your ass And Sid Vicious is one of them. Vader was another one. If you got on the bad side of Vader, he would literally just like beat the shit out of you in the ring. Pardon my language. I don't know if this is a podcast I can swear on. No, of course. But like, like, fuck yeah. But like, like there's actually a really, and I don't want to call it a good clip because it's not a like, it's not a good thing. But like, a wrestler was just constantly like taking a hit from Sid Vicious, getting up taking a hit, getting up, and he kind of let it go, like, once or twice. But then after that, like, it's a very quick match. It's a very quick clip because Sid just literally is like, all right, if you're not going to pretend, like, this hurts, I'm going to actually hurt you so that you stay down and just beat the hell out of this guy. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, if you're going to make my moves look like they don't hurt, I will hurt you. <laughs> and, yeah, no, Vader, Vader, like, Vader was known for actually, like, Hitting hard because he wanted to make it look good.
2: And, okay, so getting into the movie, I don't understand why they didn't like, you know, um, the king, uh, Oliver Platt's character. Like, they, they're they like, it seemed like they were just mad that the fans liked him and, and no one else. And yeah. like, I get it. He was a drunk and he was, you know, kind of, you know, a drunk. That 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 was like yeah. the least bad thing that really said about him, like, or yeah. the worst thing they said about him, which wasn't that bad, is that he was just drunk.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was basically just plot convenience. Um They needed a reason to, again, advance the plot, create a character that they had to fight, and it was harder, I think, for the writers to create. And, you know, like, I'm not no, no disrespect to the writers, but at the same time, like, I think it was harder... For them to necessarily create a a character that immediately people could get behind that wasn't flawed in a way that they, you know, like it just, it wasn't for this time in creating a film that people would pay money to go see it was harder to create a nuanced character. And so they kind of chose to give him less nuance and just create it as like, oh, the other people didn't like him. Boo, all right, yeah. Let's let's just knock him down some pegs and...
2: Fire him from his job. (laughs)
0: fire him from his job and uh, like put him at the like absolute bottom but if we make him unlikable if we make him flawed if we make him bad it'll be harder for the audience to say oh well, why are people following him then why are people enjoying him and really that's what they should have done if they had given him these Oh man, if they had given him flaws If they had given him like other than just like Oh, I'm drunk And again, I'm just doing it in the voice of Matt Berry Because that's who I assume should be
2: playing this role
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm drunk Oh, I guess I need to wrestle Let's do a wrestle then I'm the king
2: (laughs) Have you seen him on uh, Disenchantment?
0: Yes, yes I have
2: He's the prince who gets turned into a pig
0: He is,
2: yeah it doesn't like, matter. She probably would have ended up with me anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is, so, just quick disenchantment tangent. I enjoy it. I will give it another season. I will see where it goes. I think that they're moving in a very interesting direction, but it really needs to up its game for the second season.
2: Well, they Just throwing that out there. Well, they brought on Josh Weinstein, Weinstein, who wrote, like, the best seasons of The Simpsons, now as the main show. Oh, okay. So, him and Bill... We'll all-
0: see. yeah. I mean, we'll see, because honestly, the other thing is a lot of humor has changed, and I feel like that's part of the reason I don't like Disenchantment, is because it's like, mm, okay... Some of the stuff that like was really funny in The Simpsons just isn't that funny anymore. A, because we've seen it, and B, because mm, you're not really creating interesting characters anymore. Uh, but there are some really good stuff in that show. I hope that they do a good job with this season.
2: Well, Alex Hirsch also brought on Josh Weinstein for Gravity Falls when he was in a rut, so that's where we got <laughs>
0: Oh! All right, yeah, no, I'm, hey, I'm here. I'm pulling for the show. I want it to succeed. I like the idea of fantasy-based comedy. I like a lot of the people involved in the show. I just really want them to portray women better and I want them to do a better job, uh, with the show. And I think that they can, and I think that they're moving in a good direction.
2: Yeah. Um, Josh Weinstein yeah. will, because he, okay. ha- he created my t- two of my favorite, uh, characters or favorite jokes from gravity falls. He created the Duchess approves. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The Duchess approves during Sterling Semple bridges. That's <laughs> the Duchess. Um, uh, and he also created Celeste, Bella Annabelle from Ooh, okay from the last of the male unicorns. He he wanted to have a unicorn who just told everyone they weren't pure enough. So <laughs> so I I feel like it Josh is gonna say that. But back to our movie,
0: <laughs> right? Back to the thing we're supposed to talk about.
2: Uh, <laughs> we just don't want to.
0: Yeah. So I mean, this yeah. movie oh, so
2: this movie's so bad that like like. For for no reason at the end, why is Scott Con in a pimp outfit? Why does he look like a pimp?
0: So I think they needed to figure out some sort of archetype that he could do, and they didn't really do any job of trying to figure out. Like because obviously, and even then, like it's still half baked. This storyline of it's over the top, but half baked at the same time. Uh, the David Arquette being a cop. Like, the idea, like, I'm a cop, your sister's a cop, your mother's a cop, we're all cops, you're a cop. And I wish that that was, like, more of a thing that he actually struggled with, this idea of, like, I'm supposed to be a cop. Like, I know that he's... I I don't know, like, I wanted, ugh, I wanted so much more from this movie, even though I don't know why I did. But, like, if they had had him going to the police academy and just not being good at it, if they had had him doing a bunch of other things, because out of nowhere it just felt like... He was. His father was like, you're coming with me, and you're going to take the cop quiz, and if you pass the cop quiz, you're a cop, and if you're a cop, then you're doing good,
2: and... I love how you're doing the over-the-top over accent for his dad, because the actor who plays his dad is a German actor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, I IMDB'd nothing, because I wanted to just go in with you telling me everything about
2: these actors. Well, I I IMDB'd him, um... But, but also like, yeah, so I still don't understand why, why Scott Conn was in, was in that sugar daddy pimp outfit. He looked like he should be like fighting Dick Tracy. (laughs) I,
0: you know, yeah, yeah. Like, it's because I think the problem was this, the concepts that the, and again, like I'm blaming the writers and there's no reason for me to blame the writers. It's just, you need to blame
2: the director who is Brian Robbins.
0: Like, the, the director slash all of the, the creative that had to do with let's let's do a wrestle is sort of, like, the way I'm going to describe it. Like, let's do a wrestle. And the people that were actually wrestlers, there was a huge disconnect. Like, when you watched Juventud Guerrero, uh, as well as, like, a lot of the other folks that he was in the ring with, if you watched, like, a lot of the folks, when they showed wrestling in its like actual like, people wrestling it was great when you look at their costumes it was great because they're real and they're authentic and then you look at the king and he's wearing like a mat he's wearing not like a mattress but like he's wearing like the outer part of a mattress that is kind of vaguely kingish mm-hmm. and like and you look at like all these other things that are just like and you listen to their promos and their promos are garbage just shit promos if they had done classic promos from WCW from NWA from all of these other things that they had the rights to if they had done
2: they should have got someone who likes wrestling because the guy who directed this movie was Brian Robbins and if you don't know who Brian Robbins is he is the man who directed Good Burger Meet Dave Norbit and any (sighs) bad Eddie Murphy movie from like the late you know 90s early 2000s
0: I, I will just throw this out there. Any movie that starts with the word meet, I instantly do not like. Like, I don't want to meet this person. I'm not going to a movie to be introduced to something. But, you know, yes, we're meeting these characters. We're learning about these characters. If you, like, tell me, hey, come see my movie. Meet this person. It's just like, fuck you! Like, immediately, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to meet this person. It's like, you gotta trick me. You gotta give me another title. If it was... Dave has aliens in him. It's like, that's a weird title, but all right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a movie I'll watch. Well,
2: apper- apparently Brian Robbins as a director, he's not a very nice guy. Like, he, he's... Yeah. He fires... People, I'm not surprised. He mm-hmm. fires people on, like, principle... He fired Paul Shear from Meet Dave um, because he wasn't a fat guy because Paul's Sheer skinny, and he wanted a guy who was fat to play the butt in Meet Dave. Um, yeah, so Brian <sighs> Robbins directed... <laughs> ready to rumble varsity blues good burger oh god this list goes on and on hardball with varsity
0: blues really
2: okay the, the perfect score the shaggy dog norbit meet dave and a thousand words with eddie murphy like he directed a whole shit ton of bad eddie murphy movies
0: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like, and again, like, I may be misremembering this, Varsity Blues was, like, the first one of those, and that was a decent movie, as I remember it. I don't remember a lot of it, like, but at the same time, what I remember from it, yeah, this was, this was a serviceable movie. Well, Um, Varsity
2: Blues is a drama, um, and I, yeah, yeah, I actually like Varsity Blues, um, his first movie was Good Burger, the first movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, wait, so he got Varsity Blues from Good Burger? (laughs)
2: Well because it was a Viacom he was working for Viacom, um and Viacom owned Nickelodeon and MTV and Varsity Blues is an MTV movie.
0: Oh that's I right. hate. Okay. Yep. yep, 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 yep. See, here's the thing. I'm giving you all of the uh wrestling insider knowledge that I know. You're giving me all of the movie business insider knowledge that you know. This is great. Well,
2: um on my research, Scott Conn didn't even want to do this movie. He did it because he was contractually obligated. I could tell. <laughs> he
0: he was trying. You could tell he you could tell he was showing up to work, but you could also tell he did not want to be there at all.
2: <laughs> Cuz like his his career was just starting like he just mm. did Varsity Blues, and he won, he won like a Rising Star Award for Varsity Blues because he's mm-hmm. fantastic in Varsity Blues. And he also plays Dano on um, uh, Hawaii Five-0, which isn't a very... It's not bad, but it's not a great show. But um, he didn't want to be doing Ready to Rumble because he was about to film Ocean's Eleven. <gasps>
0: Wait, this this didn't cost him Oceans Eleven, did it? No. I don't remember him. No, but it okay, did cost good.
2: it did cost him scenes in Oceans Eleven because he had to go film this at the same time. He was filming oh, this at the God. same time. So him and Casey Affleck's scenes got cut down. Apparently there was like two really big stunts that they were supposed to do together. Like almost like a Mission Impossible style stunt stunt from the ceiling. Um
0: and he had to say to them, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm I can't sorry. David possibly Arquette work on. with... Yeah, David Arquette needs to spray me with fake poop. Yeah, so this is a thing in wrestling also, and I don't understand it, but, like, in... And generally speaking, it's just like the people at the top. The people at the top think that poop jokes are hilarious, and I don't know why... It's just, that's what they do. They think that this is, like, the funniest thing in the world. Uh, Recently, like, within the past six months, there was an angle where Drake Maverick peed his pants because he was so scared. And the wrestling fans were just like, this is dumb. What are you doing? And you're ruining this character. But the people at the top loved it. They thought it was hilarious that he peed his pants. And it's just like, what are you doing like uh, I don't, I don't get it, but that's fine. Anyway,
2: <laughs> I mean, th- this movie, there's nothing really to yeah. talk about. Like, like it's just painful to watch. And like, we didn't even get into Martin Landau yet. Like, Martin Landau is
0: no—he's the best part of this movie, honestly.
2: want a wrestle?
0: Yeah. I'm, and I can't remember his name. Like, I'm ruining the thing because I can't remember his name. But he would, like, introduce himself to everyone and then say, Wanna wrestle? And then just immediately hit them with a submission hold. Um, yeah. Like,
2: he, great. He played <laughs> Sal Bandini. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Sal Bandini. Wanna wrestle? <laughs>
0: Sal Bandini, that's right. Yeah. Also, oh, Sherman. He, he, the
2: hmm? Shermanator's also in this movie. From Shermanator? From American Pie. Chris, Chris, Chris Owens, who is the redheaded guy from American Pie. Yes. He's their cue. He's their their man in the sky, the guy in the chair. He's like their ally who they just meet in the convenience store playing a video game. And he becomes their best friend. Also, I don't appreciate how they they use derogatory terms for, you know, you know, the LPGT community they they said they said gay and the f word a lot in this movie
0: yeah I, th- I think i just tried to move past it as much as possible so uh for those that don't know i also have a podcast called uh, is it transphobic and so i'm constantly looking for material and i said to myself like hey maybe hopefully i won't need to worry about like covering this from my ready to rumble and there's a moment where he is in a like he, uh, Jimmy King, being he, is just in a dress pretending to be a woman at the door without shaving his face without doing anything and like hey. You know, if, if you, like, I have a lot of friends who grow out their facial hair and are women and are respected as women and should be respected as women. But at the exact same time, it's just like, this was a joke. Fuck you, movie. Uh, and, like, what was the other one? There were, like, a couple of moments that I was just like, and I swear I took notes, but I'm just not referencing Oh, them. no. You I don't... spent way too much. I spent notes way too much for time.
2: Bagel Basket? No. <laughs>
0: But yeah, like there were there were a couple of moments that I was just like, oh, yep, I could absolutely do this movie for the podcast.
2: Okay. Oh <laughs> my god, like, like, I, I don't understand why why this movie even got made. Like, like, if because because I know I know you said WCW had a big part in it, but when I'm looking through like the distribution credits, <laughs> no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. They just really they just did it for the publicity.
0: It, yeah. Was, no, that makes sense. Okay.
2: This was all Warner Brothers and Paramount. Mm-hmm. This was all Warner Brothers and Paramount and David Arquette because he had a contract with both of them. So mm. he was like, "If you make this movie, I'll I'll bump it off my list of of contractually obligated stuff, and you don't have to pay me no more." So like, like. <laughs> yeah, and this movie's budget was like fifty million dollars, and it made twelve. I'm
0: not surprised. Twelve dollars. I gave it three. <laughs> I just gave it 3. Um so I so we have to talk about David Arquette and Real Life WCW as well. Uh if we're going to talk about this movie. Oh, absolutely. So I and I sent you a couple of things cuz David Arquette right now is actually trying to try his hand at being a pro wrestler. Um he is currently working with uh with another person named RJ City who is really good um and what he's doing is like so first off he right now is a pro wrestler he's working the indie scene um he's he good has been, he's he's working on it he's working on, on it, it. yeah like, i'm impressed yeah like he's he's actually been trying and part of it is because he had a real love for pro wrestling which is why he wanted to do this movie even though it was not good. Um, and he wants to prove to the world that, like, hey, okay, at any point in time, you can pick up this skill, you can try, you can push, and you can do this. And you can reclaim sort of this thing, this love that you have. Um but for this, yes. yes. Do you remember when we
2: <laughs> we decided to do this? I showed you a picture of his new wife after he got divorced from Courtney Cox and who she looks exactly like. Yes. <laughs> who does... Okay, so, Ad, so Ashley. So, who does? Who does his wife look exactly like?
0: <laughs> um, very, very much like uh, Courtney Cox. <laughs> So I mean, there is a certain extent that yes, maybe he's going through some sort of a midlife crisis. I'm not saying that he is. I'm not saying that he's not. But at the same time, like he has actually been a very big force for good in the indie pro wrestling community. Uh so okay, sure, why not? <laughs> well, um, no,
2: I just I just find it funny. It's like it's like uh, I'm just gonna down uh, downgrade to a younger model, <laughs> like. <laughs> That she looks so much like Ugh. Courtney Cox. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's scary. It's like he has a I Stepford mean, yeah. wife. It's like he has like a robot factory in his basement. He's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get '90s Courtney Cox over and over again.
0: I mean, I'm I'm hoping that it's it is literally just a like, hey, this is a great person who happens to look like someone that I used to date, but at the same time, like. Uh, yeah, you know, like okay, yep, he's and again, like I will open up the idea that yes, maybe he is going through some sort of a crisis with his life right now. Um, he, what was the last thing I saw him in? I saw him in Hamlet too, and I know that was a long time ago, uh, but he he was great. Like he very no low key stole the movie. Yeah, he had no lines. He low key stole the movie every time he was on screen I because love your he was just. Shake. <laughs> he was great, but yeah, so. I think he so the other big things and I don't know if I talked to you about this I don't know if you did research on this. He was WCW champion. Um send me that video. Yes, yep. He was WCW champion. Uh they did this well after the movie had pretty much been out. It really should have been like around the time that it came out, but it was like they did this like way too late and it was for stupid reasons. Uh, basically, he pinned Eric Bischoff, and the stipulation of the match was, like, Diamond Dallas Page had the title. He was teaming with the evil, heinous, wicked Diamond Dallas Page, who was a really good guy in the in WCW. Uh, he was teaming with him against Eric Bischoff and, I think, Jeff Jarrett, uh, and he ended up pinning Eric Bischoff. And the stipulation for this match was that whoever got the pinfall was the champion, which is stupid on so many levels if you're a champion going into a tag team match, because that's not how that works. And that's not how it should work, but that's how they did it because they wanted to get the title on David Arquette.
2: But and they should've did a tag team with like David Arquette and Scott Kahn if they were gonna try and like cross promote.
0: That would've been great. That would have been great. And then have like someone come out and just hit someone with a chair, do all sorts of things, shenanigans happen and then oh my god But yeah, no. Um so the, the big thing is, though, he was actually told backstage, and again, like, he has a love for wrestling. He has always, I'm slurring wrestling. wrestling. He has always had, resh- I I call it wrestling. I added an H. <laughs> anyway, uh, he has a love for wrestling. And, <laughs> and he was backstage, and he was told, hey, we're going to put the title on you. And he was just like, what? Don't do that. <laughs> like he was very confused and he actually fought against it he really didn't want this to happen but that's what they wanted to do so he went with it you guys know I'm not like a
2: real big famous actor I don't have any awards or nominations right
0: (laughs) And like the wrestling fans, like that's the thing, the wrestling fans turned against him. Uh, The wrestlers were kind of just like, uh, and it really, it is credited as being one of the main reasons that WCW folded as a company. Uh, But to his credit, and I think a lot of people don't know this because again, like we were still looking at wrestling as yes, we know it's fake, but we don't care. Or is it fake? We don't know. He donated any money that he made from WCW to the families of Owen Hart and Brian Pillman, two wrestlers who There was one had other one too. Was there? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I who was the, the, the one, one who was paralyzed? Uh, Brown Oh, Draws. Darren Drawsdorf. That's right. Yeah. So he donated all of his money to a lot of these folks who, at the time, uh, either passed away recently or who were very, like, just people who needed that money and couldn't work or who had lost someone in the business to show his respect for the business. And actually, like, a lot of wrestlers, because they knew that, they were like, okay, we're okay with this, but it's not really a good sign for our business. Um and so he really this is another reason why him coming back and him trying and him like becoming this indie wrestler is actually just a great thing because you can tell he had a real respect for the business. Well, the
2: question Even is though, did he like wrestling or love wrestling from this movie or before this movie? That's the right.
0: As far as I know, he loved it beforehand, but yeah, like um uh, but again, like this could just be A bunch of rumors that i don't know like he might have just picked it up because like i feel like you don't make this movie this movie is a labor of love this movie feels like a labor of love because it does not feel like a good movie
2: (laughs) (laughs) just for the lead of the movie and steve brill who wrote it not the director and not poor scott con who got suckered into (laughs) being in the film
0: yeah like scott con was forced there david arquette wanted to be there like oliver platt
2: was like hey food services i'll be there like
0: yeah, again, I keep... He he sounds nothing like Matt... Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Matt Barry. He sounds nothing like him, but I just put his voice in... <laughs> in this movie. It's just like, Crap Services, yes!
2: <laughs> ah, I see that you're having roast beef. Of course I'll be there. <laughs> Do you know that Matt Barry can sing? Like, he is an amazing singer. I'm not at all surprised. He has the voice of a goddamn angel. Like...
0: Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. What about Oliver Platt? Can he sing?
2: Okay, no. (laughs) When I saw him in...
0: Is it no or is it that we don't know?
2: No, I saw him in Guys and Dolls. He can't sing.
0: Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, you did see him in a musical. Okay, yep. So
2: I love Oliver Platt, but he has a speech impediment. Like He kind of talks like this a little bit. so, um, So when he's singing, he's like, Sue me, sue me. What would you do me? Like... In Guys and Dolls, so, so yeah, but in this, like, you can't really tell because he's doing the, oh, I'm so sorry, sugar, like that that Southern accent.
0: Actually, yeah, and I think that maybe works to his advantage because if you listen to Dusty Roads again, like, and I wonder if maybe because they cast Oliver Platt, they went in the Dusty Roads direction, or maybe I'm giving them too much, uh, you know, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But like, you are Dusty <laughs> Rhodes had a lisp. And that was, like, a whole thing about him. And so, like, him just like, hey, it's all good, baby. Like, this, like, type of style. Maybe it may have just been Oliver Platt making the choice to say, like, okay, Dusty Rhodes. Like, I believe Oliver Platt did his research. He seems like the kind of actor that would. Um, Oh, he is. He's a great guy.
2: I mean, he he was on The West Wing, which is one of my favorite shows of all time.
0: That's how I know him. He's Oliver Oliver Thing. Okay, yes. There we go. I knew I knew him, and it wasn't just from commercials. It's from The West Wing. Okay, he's I Oliver. I've seen an Oliver Platt vehicle. Um, great, but yeah, um, I so oh man, there's so much to talk about in this. I
2: we're already an hour in. <laughs> like <laughs> I know,
0: yeah, this is gonna be like a three. You're gonna have to do like a three episodes of just this one conversation, Scott. Um
2: no, I, no. I mean, like, so, so th- the boys like get him back into the game by sneaking yeah. him in a toilet <laughs> to basically sucker punch Joey Pants, who every time, every time I saw him, in this all I could think of is in the Matrix when Carrie and Moss is like, "Fuck you, Cipher!" <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> our goddamn you, Cipher!" Like, that's all I could think of. Um, so like. From there, he beats the crap out of both of them, reclaims his title. Joey Pants won't give it back to him, and he said, "Fine, you want your title? It's going to be in a triple cage match, and uh, you get a <sighs> million dollars." Like, like it sounded. Yeah. it sounded like the worst Mad Libs free association that he was doing. Like, I need a verb. I need an adjective. <laughs>
0: Why did they need the million-dollar stipulation? That didn't make sense unless he was, like... Like, here's the thing. Like, if he was struggling, if there was someone struggling, if one of them had to pay for, like, a surgery, the million-dollar stipulation would have made sense. If one of them needed to, like... Titus Sinclair
2: knew that he owed his wife back alimony and that his son... I guess... Well, no, no, you're right. Because his son shows up at the end for the cage match, which was so stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, was his son anyone famous? Was his son an actual wrestler?
0: No, to the best of my knowledge, he was not a wrestler. He was just some dude. Um, And I I wish he was a wrestler, honestly. If he just showed up and it It was was like...
2: like Mankind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, like, Yeah. Like he wouldn't because he would be WWF, and that's me being critical. But yeah, like, uh, like if he was like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like any WCW wrestler that wasn't in this that was just like ridiculous. If he was like Raven, if he was like, (laughs) if he was like someone, it would have been one thing, but it was just like,
2: eh, okay. Okay. When they go for the training montage to get him back into shape, (laughs) when they bump into, um, uh, uh, Goldberg? Goldberg. uh, and I was like I was like okay Goldberg is not gonna help him I think Goldberg ended up helping him like.
0: yeah, well you know he came around there was that idea of like oh you know you were like hey we were friends at one point okay um, I, so actually speaking of that particular scene when Goldberg is in the gym and Jimmy King talks to him I shared a picture with you and it's a very like quick picture and I asked you the, the question that I asked you was Do you see this person?
2: Okay, so I looked That's at it Solomon again. Platt. I looked mm-hmm. at it. Are you talking about the guy who's kind of bent over and you can't really see his face? Yes. Is that John Cena? Ha <laughs> ha! Yes! I thought it was <laughs> John
0: So, did you Google it because I told you no, not to no, Google No, I
2: promised you I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you I, okay. I wouldn't. Yes. I believe you. This is I how I figured you, it out. But I have to ask.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Talk I'm to like,
2: me. that guy kind of looks like Channing Tatum. Oh, it's John Cena.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's how I figured it out. Yeah. Like, that guy so kinda... for a little while, for like a hot minute before he was signed to Ohio Valley Wrestling, which was the feeder program to the WWE, like basically sort of like if you if if you're as a listener um for a while, and WWE has a couple of these still. They're sort of like minor leagues. There are certain promotions that are not necessarily specifically for or owned by WWE, but at the same time, um, they look at heavily. They give them money. They give them support so that they can possibly bring up some other people. At this point now, those people would then move to NXT, which would then move to the main roster of WWE. Um but OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, was one of them. And before he moved to Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, John Cena was in the WCW training program, the, uh, the the power plant, I believe they called it. And so you can see John Cena very quickly. If And again, John Cena is the type of person, and I'm putting my hand over my face now and moving it quickly, who does not want to be seen, uh, who cannot be seen. He is seen in this movie very quickly as a person just working out lifting weights.
2: (laughs) Have you ever heard him do a podcast or an interview? He is amazing. John Cena, here's the thing. Okay. I, I do love John Cena. I find him to be hysterical when he was in when he was in Trainwreck, he was my favorite part of Trainwreck. He
0: stole that movie. He, he was great. And like he actually speaks Mandarin Chinese. He's in a Jackie Chan movie. Like he's going to be in a Jackie Chan movie. He just filmed it. Um but well, yeah, so
2: when he does uh, a podcast when he, so he was promoting Blockers which Him and Him and mm-hmm. Blockers is one of the greatest comedic performances I've ever seen. I keep
0: trying to convince Diana to watch this, like it's my so wife. Funny. I keep He's... trying to convince her to, that I that we want to watch it and I haven't sold her yet, but it's just like no, seriously, like Mike well, Baronholtz is weird, but Ike Baronholtz is usually like pretty good and I love him I and I John think. Cena would be a really I feel like they are a good combo.
2: Well, so um this is <laughs> Blockers was the movie that John Cena turned down doing Shazam to do. So, um but when he was doing a podcast, <laughs> oh. he was doing a podcast and they were interviewing him, and the podcaster was just talking like we are. And he was very articulate, and he got very quiet. And he goes, "Well, as you see, when I'm in, when I was in the power plant program, and then I went to next, and then I trained, and like he would talk like that." And I'm like, "John Cena, I fucking love you, man. I, I'm not, a, I don't watch wrestling, but you are delightful." And because because you sent me that photo, I'm like, it has to be someone famous. It has to be like. <laughs> This has, like like, end- yeah. <laughs> this has to be like Tom Cruise and wrestlers
0: I know from now. Yeah,
2: this has to be like Tom Cruise and endless love playing football yep. in the background. Yeah, John Cena is oh, not yeah. even listed on IMDb. Not even. I'm not, not surprised. surprised.
0: But yeah, like he, like he's just like a very quick background player. But yeah, that is John Cena. He had a white sort of not mohawk, but that kind of like he had shaved. Tips yeah like he definitely like he was a he was a weird he was a weird looking dude for a little while uh he was always like jacked but like he was a weird looking dude um but yeah 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 uh that's yeah john cena is technically in a movie that is heavily w c w focused
2: also john ennis is in this movie who is john ennis i okay so he's a comedy actor he he's on thrilling adventure hour all the time
0: i he- love thrilling adventure hour what I love I love oh, that yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that
2: one. yeah he's one of him he's like one of the Hal Lublin types who does like background act like roles I like, can never but he is uh, from Mr. Show with Bob and Dave and he was one of the writers like it, he always would write with Paul F. Tompkins and that's hmm. how I know him and he is amazing in everything and I was like is that John Ennis he was the guy with no teeth
0: Wait, yes, no, I looked him up and I wrote his name down because I was like, oh, I recognize him. Yes, nope, I recognize him. I think I remember him from The Comeback, the Lisa Kudrow HBO show. Yeah, he was great. He, I love, A, just everybody should watch The Comeback because it's great, but B, yes, I love him.
2: <laughs> He's just a comedy actor. And, like, you're He's like, great. What, you're like, what are you yeah. doing here? Uh,
0: so as So also as a wrestling fan, I need to state... During the wrestling match, the three cages. So they were like, "Oh, it's a cage match." It looks like a At birthday first, cake so she- match. <laughs> it really so a cage match itself has no top. Technically, if we're talking technical things, uh, WWF in- like created this whole other thing called Hell in a Cell, which is a larger cage that goes around the ring as opposed to on t- like on the sides of the ring with a roof on it. This is sort of like a Hell in a Cell with a smaller Hell in a Cell on top of it with a smaller Hell in a Cell on top of it. So it's not a cage match. And I'm, I'm being very picky because like, alright, yep, I can let it go. Except in the fight of the cage match itself, it is referred to as a ladder match. Like, oh, when, uh, when what's her butt, uh, Rose McGowan gets hit in the face, she's like, you don't stand there in a ladder match. It's just like, it's not a ladder match. Ladder match is when you put the title up on the, up the ceiling and then you climb a ladder to pull it down from the ceiling. <laughs> it's like, you just got hit with a ladder. There's a difference.
2: <laughs> well, I, I did and love then, that when she was like, she was like, Sean, shut up. <laughs> and he's like, but, yeah. but, but, um, also in, in the, the, cage match or whatever we want to call it Hell in a Cell um, Oliver Platt flat out kills Diamond Dallas page like yes <laughs> he throws him three stories like he you can survive two a two story jump, but that a three story jump, you die. Like he should well, be dead. Well and
0: here's the thing. Like if you look at like if we're looking at real world examples, look at what happened to mankind when he was thrown off of Hell in a Cell, Mick Foley, when he was thrown off of Hell in a Cell. It was sold like he survived. He not only survived, he got back in the match because he's a like amazing person, but a fucking idiot. Like <laughs> he got he kept going and then things kept happening. And Adrenaline will do amazing things for you. But the thing is, this movie... So I'm going to talk about the, the concept of selling. This idea of, like, I sort of talked about it before. I don't think I mentioned it as selling, but this idea of making things seem like they hurt as much as they should. And this movie did not sell how much of a painful thing that fall would be and as much as it's like oh okay they, they got up because part of it is like the pacing is they need to do it really quick because it's near the end and everything's ridiculous and it's over the top but at the same time it's just like you could have hit him with like a, a bouquet of roses and that would have done the same effect
2: yeah no basically no one movie does that very well showing that the wrestler
0: oh god yes no, the wrestler. You know what we should have watched? We should have watched the wrestler. What are we doing right now? Well, I was trying oh, to pick a fuck movie are that. This?
2: Well, August. I'm doing movies that basically like were just thrown out. Like, like yeah. this came out in April, but but it, it was released on video. It, feels, it
0: does feel like an August movie based on what you're
2: saying. Yeah, but it was released on video in August, and normally, like, this was the time when Blockbuster still existed. Blockbuster got two copies of this movie, which means they were trying to hide it. They were trying to hide this movie.
0: It also, it feels like of the era, if that makes any sense. Like, this was an era, particularly if we're talking like the early aughts, this was absolutely an era where this kind of comedy where they were trying to figure out, like, what is a comedy? I don't know. It's for, like, high schoolers that show up and are like, hey, poop joke. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, I am throwing the pink one of the stink. <laughs> we're a comedy, like, type of shit. And uh, I'm sorry, again, like, I'm swearing a lot. I apologize. But yeah, but, like, like.
2: Trust me, it's fine. I don't fucking care. Great. <laughs> um, but, great. But you know <laughs> that it's of the time because of the soundtrack to this movie? Because the movie opens up with, with lit. My Own Worst Enemy. They used it like three times in the they movie. They use that song three, three times. Time. But then they, they do like... I feel like they only had the rights to three songs. Cowboy by Kid Rock, Bawa Bob by Kid Rock, and My Own Worst Enemy.
0: Which is fascinating, especially because Kid Rock... Uh, recently within the last year uh, was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, which yes WWE now owns WCW so it makes sense and blah 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 but at the same time like considering how hot rivals they were it's like all right and then he initially created the uh like what was it that that song that he did where he ripped off Metallica uh, that was initially, the Undertaker's entrance theme when he was the biker Undertaker, the American badass persona—that uh, it was not a good time. But hey, he—it's more him as a human. So hey, I, I respect that. Like you—you've spent so much time pretending to be a zombie. Now you want to be a human. I understand. But at the same time, eh, you're the Undertaker. Just uh, you're making a whole lot of money pretending to be a zombie, probably more than any other zombie actor in the world. Maybe deal with the fact that you're a zombie.
2: <laughs> and the other song that they used was uh Jungle Boogie.
0: <laughs> they did they used Jungle Boogie. They also used uh Running with the Devil.
2: Oh yeah. Like that was oh, only that was There's Scott. There's so Kahn's... much to
0: this movie. There's so much to this terrible movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was Scott Kahn's one contribution to this movie was him playing the guitar yeah. and doing running with the devil. Um poor Scott Kahn. Like he's really doing the Lord's work in this film. Not just that, but he in his writer, I guess in his like earlier roles, he always had to show his butt, because he shows his butt in this. Oh yeah, he does. He, he shows his butt in Varsity Blues. Like, I guess it's not a movie without like the Scott Conn butt it's, cheeks.
0: It's like Brian Cranston in his tidy whiteies. It's just like before that. Yeah, like Brian Cranston was like, "Oh, I see this. This is the thing that I can ask for now." Um, but yeah, he. So also, just speaking of that scene, so they're hitchhiking with nuns. Uh, which FYI is a much better title to any movie, um, but they're hitchhiking with nuns, and he starts playing like they're like, "Hey, do you know Van Halen?" And they're like, "Oh, we're nuns, Van Halen." And she's like, all right, a nun is gonna know Van Halen, and one of them kind of like makes a face like she does, and then later, as they're exiting the van, they all they kind of give like the metal horns, which I'm doing for Scott right now. Um it's basically, the classic metal horns is, you put your two middle fingers down, put your thumb over them, and it's metal horns. Uh, that said, many of the nuns were doing like weird things, except one nun, the one nun that looked excited for Van Halen. There was a nun that was a metal head. And it was just like, I'm happy with that, great. I actually love the idea that nuns are possibly listening to, like... Even if it's early metal, even if it's just like, oh, I really like Rat. She's like, fuck it. You're a cool nun. You're a great nun. I like you, nun. But then like, they had
2: to ruin that moment. They had to ruin that moment by, by then uh, uh, David Arquette going, did you swear to God you didn't fart in there? Because I didn't fart. Did you fart? Like, <sighs> uh, yep. You ruined like, that. That's the
0: thing. The, the fart humor is huge in early wrestling, and again, I don't know why. It's just yeah, like they think it's funny. And that's why there are a lot of like wrest there's a lot of wrestling media that's like fart oriented. Uh not necessarily in wrestling itself, but media outside of it that's like, "Hey, we're trying to do a comedy." Like, uh, Wait, all right, yeah, all right. I guess that's comedy. Like, all right, are you a minion? I don't understand.
2: Like we're banana. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would happily watch The Rock do like a reading of minions i'm just throwing that out there uh dwayne the rock johnson john cena and like who's someone statham. else we can throw into? jason statham in a minions movie i'm into it
2: <laughs> oh, <propaganda. laughs>
0: see i'm into this this is a good idea this is a terrible idea but we should do it
2: yeah so so i love mm. how obvious they make um Rose McGowan as the as one of the villains Um, Mm. because when she's having dinner with David Arquette who doesn't know how to use chopsticks apparently uh, (laughs) he uh, they start wrestling and he beats the hell out of her but beforehand she's like who's training who's training the king and he's like oh Sal Bandini and she's like well do you want to wrestle now and show me some moves and then she gets naked and he yells foreign objects and then beats the hell out of her and then then it's implied to him. Is that what sex is? Is that what sex is? Because cause then in the next scene, he writes a letter to his dad that he's not returning home because he's lost his virginity.
0: <laughs> and then his dad... Is that the moment that his dad gets mad and shoots the fridge and a bunch of different color fluid comes out of it? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's... It the fuck is this movie all right anyway
2: (laughs) i don't know (sighs) Uh, but yeah
0: (laughs) he lost his virginity he's not gonna be a cop ah like that his dad is scary like and i mean this from a like if we're looking at this yes the idea is it's a comedy yes the idea is it's like supposed to be over the top but at the same time like this man should not have a gun this man should not have power but at the same time like (sighs) yeah, of course, I'm, oh, you're looking at that with 2019 vision, and she's like, no! This has always been rampant! <laughs> like, uh,
2: No, uh, even back then, right. I knew it was a bad thing. Uh, we didn't even talk about Caroline Reyes in this movie?
0: Yes! She's great! I'm so happy I saw her in this.
2: Yeah. Uh, and apparently she what? has a scorching case of crabs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, scorching kiss of crabs, thanks to Jimmy Jimmy King. Uh, she takes him to as uh, so Brian Zane. Uh, there are a couple of like wrestling podcasts if you're interested in like watching. That's one of the ones that I sent you to uh, for research for this. Uh, wrestling with Regret, www, um, and he has this term called taking people to Dick Kick City, and she absolutely takes him to Dick Kick City twice in this movie. <laughs>
2: Everyone takes him to Dick Kick City in this movie.
0: Seriously. Like, so he, here's the other thing. Like, wrestling referees, that is a disqualification. A referee could decide not to disqualify people, but at the same time, like, this happens in so many wrestling matches. Why are people getting going to Dick Kick City?
2: <laughs> Take me down to <laughs> no. Dick Kick City. Where the grass is green. They... <laughs>
0: and the girls are kicky. Um...
2: <laughs> yeah. But, but... The movie, like, this movie is very cliche. Like, he has his training. He becomes a better person. uh, He goes into the match, and he wins. But Mm -hmm. to rig the match, uh, Titus Sinclair hires Sting? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: okay, so he threatens Sting, and I wish that Sting was a bigger part of this, like... A Sting is amazing. I love Sting. You're never going to hear like Sting has so much charisma. The fact that he is silent until like he has one line is just baffling, but that's fine. It's because they already added so much to it, but they're like, "Hey, if you don't if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you." And so you don't really necessarily see Sting have a moment of conflict. But Sting is a good guy. Sting is a face, as much as Sting is sort of in his crow phase, as much as after this he had already uh, defeated the NWO, like the thing is the NWO was a huge thing, they were for a year, they were just dominant, year, year and a half, they were dominant, even when they lost, because Eric Bischoff was running the show, he would say, hey, yeah, they, they didn't really lose, so give them back their titles. It's like what, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, the uh, yeah Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they didn't lose so. Uh, that was not really good, so you need to give them back their titles. And so they would get the titles back. And it's just like, how do you fight that? How do you beat that? Sting would be up in the rafters. Sting would be, there would be, quote-unquote, sightings of Sting. So he was this guy who was this, like, California cool, amazing, like, hey, what's up? I'm Sting. Suddenly, out of nowhere, while there's this evil force, he is is slightly over there, like, what is he doing? He's going to, could he help? Who is going to be the one that brings down the NWO? So he's the
2: crow. Him? So he literally... Yeah. Is, yeah. I, I always thought his voice was deeper, and then he starts talking in this movie, and I'm like, what? That... No? What? What? Yeah, no.
0: Like, he... And again, like, if you watch, like, a lot of his early stuff, he actually... So his early, early stuff before he became the Crow Sting, he was, uh, he was like, really early. He was teamed up with uh, Jim, Jim Hellwig, I believe is his name, the guy who was the ultimate warrior. Um, and then, like, that's why also if you look at sort of, like, the early Sting, you can see these sort of, like, oh, yeah, he had shorter hair, but, like, he had, like, a similar, like, face paint and things like that. Because it was like, yeah, no, the two of them were, were teamed up together. And for this, when this came out, he had already defeated Hulk Hogan. He had already like defeated the NWO. So now it's just like, all right, I guess just because he looks kind of creepy, they're like, oh, maybe he'll be evil. It's just like,
2: what is happening? No, it was just so weird. This movie is so fucking weird. Like, as as we get to the end, (sighs) what other takeaways are there for you?
0: Oh, man. I mean, uh, we, we also haven't necessarily talked about, and this is sort of like real-life stuff, um, Rose McGowan made some really, like, she was put on the spot, but she made some really terrible comments about trans people, but she is since sort of... I'm I'm giving her the ability to... It's just like, because I have the power. No, but like, I, I'm giving her the ability to sort of mea culpa uh, about that, because she's, A, talked to a lot of other trans folk, and she's sort of, like, said, like, hey, um, I'm I'm going to take a back seat on this and just sort of, like, listen for a little while, and, like, she's been... Uh, working with uh, some other folks. So it is one of those things where it's just like, all right, I'm open to the idea that she can change and she can grow and she can be a better person. Uh, and again, like she was caught off guard by a lot of the questions, but at the same time, it is one of those things where it's just like, ah, oh, man. So it was like, it was a little hard for me to necessarily sit down and be like, all right, Rose McGowan. There well, I just we go. find
2: that very surprising yeah. with Rose considering like who yeah. her partner is. Like,
0: yeah. No. And like so and she's she's open about uh who her partner is. Uh Rain Dove. Rain has been on my podcast. Rain is an amazing person. <laughs> I, um I love Rain. Yeah, Rain Rain is great. Rain, if you if you want to listen to the episode of mine again, the uh, podcast this is is transphobic. Uh we talked about Zoolander 2. Um and it was very much a like, yeah, like Rain, Rain is fantastic. Um and we're not necessarily judging people uh, good or bad by their partner, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, no. Like, I'm very happy to hear that like Rose has kind of come around on that. And again, like, I haven't necessarily followed up too recently, but I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because people need to be able to learn, people need to be able to grow. Uh, but it was still one of those things where it was like, oh right, Rose McGowan. <laughs> so yeah, and she was fine. She served her role. The role was garbage. She did really, she did great with garbage. I feel like all the like roles a, in
2: this movie are garbage. <laughs> like,
0: there really are no good roles. Like, Also, Scott so one other things? thing. Scott Conn Scott Con tried. You can tell he didn't want to be there, but you can tell he tried. Uh, I, I, the other I clearly hilarious believe
2: thing, he belonged in a different movie. He thought he was in a different, different movie.
0: I think he was trying to make this a different movie and God bless him for that. Because I think like I, cause I, I agree with you. I think it's not necessarily, but I don't think it's necessarily, he was like, Oh, I think this is a different movie. It's like, this movie is crap. How do I make it? Not crap. Um, let's do this. Hey, I'm, I'm a good guy. Hey, let's talk like humans. And David Arquette's like, I'm a wrestler. He's like, okay, buddy. Scott Conn <laughs> had
2: just come off of doing a Western, like a period yeah. piece, uh-huh. Western movie. He did uh, mm-hmm. *American Outlaw*, um, mm. and he was coming from this this dramatic uh, Colin yeah. Farrell cowboy movie to this. So yeah, yeah.
0: like that's the thing. There, are, there are germs of a good movie. I wish that it embraced the. Idea. And by germs of a good movie, I mean like there's the like very small, minuscule idea that there are ideas that this could be a good movie. And I think if they embraced the idea that like the David Arquette character had a delusion of grandeur about what wrestling was versus what it actually is. Yeah, we need at least three more better. scenes. Yeah, like if if this was more about I mean, we need a lot more. But like if they had made it more about like him realizing that that's not what it is, but this can still be an amazing piece of media this could still be an amazing piece of art this could still be an amazing form that you can take to tell your story to tell your art even if it's not what you thought it was this would have been great and it was just fucking weird and dumb and bad
2: yeah that's the early 2000s where everything sucked this was also Mm -hmm. she also did monkey bone at the time of this too Rose McGowan.
0: I really liked Monkey Bone, even though I'm sure I'm told I've been told I should not like Monkey Bone.
2: I I liked it. <laughs> we we just came off doing an entire month of Brendan Fraser, so. Oh, okay. Because I loved him, <laughs> and I thought that he got a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, because he because he outed a person who sexually assaulted him, and then they blacklisted mm-hmm. him, and this was before it was okay to do that. Yeah. So he kind of got screwed I- in the end. Out of
0: curiosity, have you watched uh, Doom Patrol?
2: No, but honestly, as soon as it comes out on video... I'm, I refuse to buy the DC channel, but as soon as it co- comes out on... There are just a- too many streaming
0: services. There are too many. I want to support it. I want to love it. I want to because I've heard so many good things because I, I did not care for Titans, but oh my gosh, I've, I've heard so many good things about Doom Patrol. I, I agree with you. Like, once I have some other option to be able to consume this media and give Brendan Fraser and everyone else involved in this my ability to pay them, I, I want to be able to because, yes, like, I've, I've heard so many good things about Doom Patrol and I'm so happy that he is getting a career again because he, I agree with you. I think he was absolutely given such a, for lack of a better term, he was given the shaft
2: because he. he- so spoke t- up. he spoke up about that. But at the same time, when he was speaking up about that, he was going through health problems. And another thing we didn't even talk about in that month was that mm. um, for Journey to the Center of the Earth, they wanted to rush a sequel right away, but they weren't going to bring back the the director. And he thought that that mm. wasn't right. And he was holding out for them to bring back the director. And they're like, fine, fuck you. We're going to get the rock. And that's what they did. And he got so mm. screwed. Got it.
0: And I don't blame The Rock, because at that point, he was just trying to build his film career, so... Yeah, yep. it's, mm-hmm. it's no one's yeah. fault. It's, it's for... politics. It's weird. It's weird politics, but it's politics. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. would have been amazing as the king.
0: <laughs> yes! Oh my god, actually, yeah.
2: Yeah, that that's who they should have got. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Oliver Platt, but he just doesn't have the body shape for a wrestler. He's just a flabby guy where...
0: Well, that's the other thing. Like, a lot of people... And so, here's the thing. there There is a multitude of bodies that can exist in a pro wrestling
2: concept.
0: Oh, um, I, I understand. Beef- I
2: totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. but But Oliver Platt's body does not fall into the spectrum of any of those. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the thing. And if Oliver Platt was a character who was like very much like his character was like Southern, and like again, like we're looking at a Dusty Rhodes. Like if you look at him, like he does not look like what you would look at as like oh, I I consider this to be a, a pro wrestling superstar now. Or Jerry Lawler. But like, yeah, or Jerry Lawler. Like he had a he had a he had a belly. But like the the big thing is, like you could be like a hoss, and the idea being that it's not necessarily. Your strength comes from the fact that you're a bodybuilder and you're like, it's that you are just like physically strong. You look at today, we've got like a Kevin Owens who is immensely fit and immensely talented. But the way his body, because of his physiology is like the way his body is, he just looks like a big, for lack of a better term, like a big normal white dude who like could be you, me, anyone like that, like, obviously not you or me because we're not <laughs> big white dudes, we're different people but, like, that idea of, like, the everyman, and I think if they had built him up, if he, if they did not give him a character like the king, if he was an everyman if he was the son of a plumber, if he was this guy who was just, like, an everyman who got fucked he would be em- the we electrician would get behind him Something like that. Like, I mean, that's fucking, that's dumb. But yes, like, there were people. The cable guy. Duke the Dumpster drossi <laughs> existed. Like, that's the thing. There was a garbage man. Duke the Dumpster drossi existed. Like, the repo man existed. He was a guy who repossessed your stuff.
2: Yeah, These that's Emilio Estevez.
0: Yeah, you took it to another level. I like that. Yes, no, he he was he was the Repo man too. But yes, like that's the thing, like these people did exist. Even if they were weird, even if they were ridiculous. And the fact that they used a man who did not have a fit body and made him this other character that had, like, this like I'm Jimmy King, I'm a king. Again, I just want this to be Matt Barry. But (laughs)
2: there's somebody Uh, in the ring there's somebody in the (laughs) ring Um, but yeah so also another thing that I found out this was supposed to originally be a Disney movie what? yeah so this was supposed to be in the vein of like a Mighty Ducks because it was written Mm -hmm. by Steve Brill who wrote uh, and directed the first two Mighty Ducks movies
0: Oh, he must have had his movie, like, ruined by the director. Yeah. No, I, I feel this. Uh-huh.
2: They added in the butt stuff, the boob for an object stuff, the the Nitro uh-huh. Girls. Like, I guess this originally had nothing to do with, um, I guess it was a made-up wrestling league, and they decided mm-hmm. to partner with, uh, what was it again? WCW? WCW. Mm-hmm. So, he <laughs> got screwed. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Th- cuz originally it was supposed to be kids like teenagers.
0: Oh. Yeah. See, I'm I'm into this. Like the this this movie you're pitching me right now, I'm into.
2: So, like. but but then Disney sold the rights to Paramount, who then sold the rights to partner up with Warner <laughs> Brothers and we got this piece of shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, as as we come to the end, on a scale of 1 to 13, Thirteen being great and one being shit. How many bagels are in this basket, Ashley?
0: So I would say, because the idea being that uh, you know you're 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 eating the bagels if it's bad, um, I I would say that they have not only eaten all of the bagels in the basket, they have ordered multiple other sets of dozens of bakers, dozens of baskets to the point where they have just given them a bagel franchise. They have their own Einstein Brothers Bagel. It's just, it's that bad.
2: <laughs> uh, we we got to go with Brugger's because they follow me on Twitter oh. and they support this oh, podcast. Brueger's... I'm, not, I'm, not, even, them, I'm not even kidding. Brugger's Bagels follows us. and Good for them. Okay. And I, I don't even get Brue- paid anything from them. I just like their bagels. <laughs>
0: you know what? Yeah, Brugger's Bagels. Hey, if you want, I will cut a promo on Einstein Brothers because they suck. I'm sure that they're fine, and if they follow you, then they're wonderful as well. But for right now, Brugers is where you want to get your bagels.
2: <laughs> yes, because I love me Brugers bagels. But, but yeah, please that's, sponsor uh, that's the podcast, opinion. Brugger's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just at least give at least give Scott some bagels. This I, I don't even want money.
2: I just I love your bagels.
0: It's good bagels, Brugger's bagels. I remember them. I miss them. Don't get me wrong. I live in New York. I eat bagels all the time it's all we eat we're in new york but like
2: are you near gnh like everything
0: comes in a bagel i don't know no no i'm not near gnh i need to I, I need to go to them yeah um yeah there's there's a couple of bagel spots around me but yeah they're they're all they're good
2: so how many empty uh, baskets are there in there
0: Uh, enough to get a franchise. Uh, so at least, like, 30 empty baskets of bagels.
2: Okay. Yeah, I I would say there's, for me, there's about... There's, there's 10 empty baskets. Like, this movie, this movie does not work. It's not funny. I think I laughed once, but I don't even remember what it was. Um, also... uh, that, that ending with the pimp shoes. And, and when, when, uh scott con gets lit on fire <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, like his character is clearly the straight man but he gets mm-hmm.
0: you know wwe in order to save money are cutting down they do not do pyro anymore
2: i thought that that would just be a safety reason not to do pyro <laughs>
0: I mean there are a couple of moments there's actually a really uh speaking we talked about the Undertaker earlier there is actually a moment in uh WrestleMania and here is the reason that like here is how much of a badass the Undertaker is he got hit with his own pyro and finished the match he basically like it was sort of a um <laughs> he it was at one of the WrestleManias he he and Triple H different times but like Triple H walked into and they shut they shot his like Cold spray too early, and so he actually got third degree burns. Jesus
2: Christ!
0: Yeah, he got third degree, like freezer burn, so to speak. Like, and he finished the match. So as much as like, and people give Triple H shit, and he deserves a lot of the shit that he gets. But like, no, nah, the dude, like, the dude finishes. The dude, like, there's a reason he's where he is. Even if he he is kind of like doing doing a thing, but yeah, like, yeah, he 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 will he will make things happen. <laughs>
2: Um, do you want to plug anything? Would you like to plug your podcast again? Uh, anything you're yeah. working on?
0: Yeah, so right now uh, my big thing is uh, uh, the Is a Transphobic podcast. I put that out every... I try and do it every second Thursday of the month. Second and fourth, but at the same time, like, eh, I could come out at any time. I try and do two episodes a month. It'll happen when it happens. You're not crazy Uh, like
2: me where you do an episode every fucking week because you're insane. I
0: tried that, and I said, no, this is dumb. Give me a break. Give me a week. Um, so I doing that, uh, Chasing the Ghost, which is a new play that I wrote. Uh, I am primarily a playwright, uh, that is going up in Fitchburg, Massachusetts through Forge Theater Lab, uh, that is going on in December, so it's going to be a while from now, but pay attention if you're interested in weird, creepy YouTube stuff and ghosts tickling people's feet, um... (laughs) And this is coming out in August, so you're probably going to miss me in Williamstown, but I'll be in Williamstown performing a piece by Shekinah Nafok uh, for the Williamstown Theater Festival. And it'll be fun, and I like it, and I'm just happy to say that.
2: She's great. (laughs)
0: <laughs> she is she is fantastic like she is just the the piece that she has the Chonburi international hotel and butterfly club is all like it's a 15 ish person piece most of them are trans people uh the whole thing takes place in a hotel in thailand where people come to yeah like it's, it's based on her own experiences uh essentially like it's where People come, it's where a lot of like trans women specifically come to stay when they have uh, surgery for uh, sex, uh, sex confirmation surgery, gender confirmation surgery, depending on what you call it uh, in Thailand. And so it's this whole culture of people talking about their experiences and sort of like creating this like, oh we're not here for very long, but we create this whole culture of people within this six week period. Uh, it's, it's an amazing piece. So I hope it gets further, 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 but yeah, I'm very excited to be a part of it for this iteration of it.
2: And also she is a fantastic writer. If you haven't watched the TV show, the detour, she has written some of their best episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't doubt that. I, did not realize she was actually writing for them. So I love, and I've loved every episode of the detour. So I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's, that's basically what I'm promoting. Uh, go to Ashley, If you want to check out the stuff that I got coming up, uh, Lucretia at Lucretia dear for L-U-C-E-R or L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R. Then the number four on Twitter.
2: And I always love having you on i adore you ash uh thank you for coming on you're welcome anytime and please everyone uh listen to is it transphobic and if you listen to us then you'll love that podcast um follow us on twitter writers bagel basket at wrtr all vo- uh, no vowels all vowels no vowels uh <laughs> Like us- all vowels, <laughs> no vowels. <laughs> uh like us on uh follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, email us writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. There is someone who keeps trying to get me to click on spam for our Gmail. I'm not gonna do it. Stop trying to send me spam.
0: <laughs> who knows what it is? I think you should do it. Let's see what it is. Uh, I'm a bad influence yeah they make
2: it really obvious with like a a really weird name and then like the title of the subject is like GB5726 like it's like I know this is like a virus (laughs) like I'm not stupid
0: hello scoot please (laughs) please clock on this lunk. (laughs) you now sound like
2: Chaz from uh, Disenchantment who is my favorite character (laughs) (laughs) please don't razzle chains it enrages me (laughs) <laughs> um so once again, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Sorry you had to watch this garbage.
0: <laughs> it happens. I've I've watched it hey, if you're bored, watch Curse of the Queer Wolf. It'll make you hate everything. <laughs> it is a terrible movie anyway.
2: <laughs> so until next time, I'm Scott Carolyn. Bye.
0: Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From The Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the highlands. Who cares about this up against the wall by the fruit <laughs> trees? Yes. Like where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with Navy SEALs.
0: Sex
2: was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. good. Really.
1: We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases.
0: are bombing all over the country they are posing as movies you already know they may be in your theaters your neighbor's home or even your own why are you doing that voice i don't know (laughs) i thought it made me sound cool it doesn't I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast, with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube for the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Join the invasion. Subscribe today
2: or we'll blow up your planet.